Mastermind Agent is proud to present Success Calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. This month's top agent is Ann Daly with Remax in Fair Oaks, California. Last year, she and her husband Joe Herbert closed 61 transactions with a total sales volume of $18 million and $525,000 in GCI. Her average sales price was $298,000, of which 10% were buyers and 90% were sellers. In her best year, she sold 123 homes worth $20 million. Anne has a five-member team, two sales agents slash team leaders, one office manager, one receptionist, and one runner. Anne is the co-leader of the Anne Daly and Joe Herbert team. She's been an agent for 29 years and works the Metro Sacramento market. In this call, Anne talks about starting as an organizer and property manager for her family real estate investment business, working with her spouse and adult children, why both she and her husband are in production, how to make it work, and why both need their own independent coach. How the loss of a family member affects a family team. How she generated 30% of her business from expired listings last year, including her approach of being the turnaround agent. How she contacts the seller and the service that she uses to research the owner's name, address, and phone number. Even in the fast market, 10% of her business is from foreclosures and NODs, notices of default. And she describes a quick, easy way to find contact info. How she gets 50% of her business from repeating referrals from past clients and sphere of influence from a small database of 800 people, including her simple annual marketing plan. The psychology of prospecting and how to embrace the opportunity. How she splits her time between sales production three days per week and a coach for the Mike Ferry organization two days per week team dynamics, profit margins, and more. First, a quick word from our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the call, Anne. Hi there. Hey, Ann. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we talk about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate. <laughs> well, I was a baby, so <laughs> it w- I've been in real estate a really long time. I would say that I did just about anything I could to make ends meet. Wasn't doing very well financially, had little kids, so uh, I would do child care. That was awful. Um, Clean houses, that wasn't very good. Just kind of floundered around looking for some way to stay home with my kids. And then my brother talked me into, we we had moved, my husband and I at, at the time had moved from Southern California to Sacramento. And I realized that there were some really great opportunities like real estate. And uh, so my brother said, well, why don't you talk some family members into investing 
And then you can take some ownership when you put the deals together and then you can manage the property. And I like that a lot. So I was in property management from the early 80s up until I got my license in 89. Wow. Okay. So you were doing it privately there for a little while, managing the family properties, and then eventually you worked your way into the sales side. Well, that was a no-brainer because I was putting deals together and seeing the commission go to other people. <laughs> so I kind of put that together and then uh, went and got my license. Well, let's fast forward to today. How long have you been in real estate? 29 years. How many homes did you sell last year and what was the approximate sales volume? So we're looking at, I guess it's about 18 million volume, right? And about 61 homes. It was an off year. And I'll point out to everyone that we did an estimate on the sales volume because you don't track sales volume. You track units and GCI. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And it's, for us, it's the units. It's the units. And of course, the take-home GCI. Do you recall what your GCI was last year? About 525. Oh, that is fantastic. Thank you for sharing. And could you tell us what was your best year? What year was it? How many homes did you sell? And what was the approximate sales volume? Okay, so the best year in terms of units was back in the in the short sale days. And I want to say 2012, we did 123 units. Do you recall that sales volume? Did we figure that out? I want to say it was right around 20, 20 million. I mean, we're talking really low prices. The Sacramento area in Central Valley, California, from the height of the market, many neighborhoods saw losses of 70%. There were signs in all the yards. It was a tremendous blow to most households. And if there was anything at all going on, you know, with particular homeowners, like you know, maybe they had health issues or they had job issues or whatever, their house could no longer bail them out. In fact, their house was anchoring them down. So we did a lot of short sales. We did over 300 short sales in that time period. They were a lot of work. Yeah. When we were talking before we got on the call, my understanding is that in a typical year, you're going to sell about 70 to 80 homes a year. Is that right? That's right. That's between my husband, Joe, and myself. Um, we'll do 70, 80. This year, we're going to do better than that. Last year, we were on our way to better than that and kind of fell off the wagon. Oh, what happened? You know, it was personal blow. The father of my children passed away suddenly, and um, two of the kids work for us. So it was, it was a really, there's not a lot of support for people when they lose their exes. I can tell you that right now, 100%. But the main thing was for me to be strong for the kids took a lot more energy, a lot more mindset control than I ever thought it would. So that was, that was just a real tough time. Wow. There's always something that comes out and sideswipes you, isn't there? <laughs> it's true. You know, thank God for the human spirit and strength and hope and support and all that. It was interesting when my present husband and I started out together as a team, which was back in 2004. Now we joke about it. It wasn't a joke then, but we started right after a funeral in his family. And through the span of about mm, 15, 14 months, 
we had four funerals and one wedding, and the wedding was ours. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sounds like a so at the time, right? So exactly, just the opposite, right? So we were in coaching, and thank goodness we were, because we were starting a brand new business. So new marriage, new business, all these personal losses, and finally, our accountant said, "You guys need to get married." Why don't you just run off and get married? So we did. Because um, we lost his mom, my mom. I'm like, who am I going to invite to the wedding? You know? And so we just ran off and, and got married, came back, and we've been working ever since. It's been great. Wow. Well, now, so you are currently running a husband and wife team. You, you've been doing it, sounds like, for about 14 years. I have a question yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have some of your kids, your adult kids that are working with you. But let's talk about the mm-hmm. husband-wife dynamic first. How do you make that work? How do you work with your spouse? I have a very, very simple rule. And this is, if anybody's listening, just write this down. This is 100% my rule. Everything that Joe makes, I keep. That's it. <laughs> And, and if you get Joe to agree to that, you got yourself a deal. <laughs> no, I got a deal. So, but all kidding aside, in the early years, it, it was a lot more challenging and we've had to iron out some of the bumps. We started out in Mike Ferry coaching together, sharing a coach, and this was great for a while. And then we got to the point where we realized we each needed to hire our own separate coach. So that really made a difference in our production as well because, you know, we're different personality styles. We have different approaches. We have different sources of our business, but together we're a team and we have adjoining offices, but basically we work our own clients. And then once we do the deal with the clients, then we share them in our database and we call each other's people. But it just, it takes patience. And it takes certain ground rules. Certain things are non-negotiable. And it works really well, though. We don't compete with each other. That's, that's not even, I know some couples do, and they really enjoy that. We don't do that. I never did enjoy that. This is really interesting. So you and Joe are both in the sales. You're both in production. You're both working with buyers and sellers. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're both running your own business. It's just you're running the back office together and in your talk, of course, strategy together, I assume, but you're really running independently out there in the market. So for instance, you didn't do it like somewhere one of you does buyers and the other does sellers, or one of you does sales in the field and the other runs the back office. You are both out in the field. Yes. And this is the key to our success because first of all, I'm not a manager. I never have been. Um, he would be really good at it, but he's really a great salesperson. So we can do twice as much, you know, both in sales. And that's quite frankly where the money is, is being a salesperson. So we both prospect. We keep a very tight schedule. He comes from a ranching background early on. He was born in Hollister. And 4.30 is our wake-up call. So I don't go milk cows, but I sure get to the office. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is great. So uh, early to bed, early to rise. That's the the setup there. Oh, my goodness. That's That's great. That is fantastic. Well, it's been working for a long time. And just on a a side note, you said the Mike Ferry organization, 
Do I understand correctly that you work with them not only as a student, but also as a trainer? Yes. I am a Mike Ferry coach, so I know the system, and that's what we coach about, and I've been, I've been doing that for about four years. I do that a couple days a week, so I'm in production three days a week, coaching two days a week. So you're learning it, you're applying it, and you're teaching it. Yeah, uh, we definitely drink the Kool-Aid 24-7. <laughs> that is wonderful. Well, fantastic. Well, let's do this. Let's make sure everybody knows where you're at. So where is Fair Oaks, California? So Fair Oaks is one of the suburbs outside of Sacramento. Sacramento is in the Central Valley, Northern California, but Central. So we're about two hours east of San Francisco and about an hour and a half west of Lake Tahoe. What is the average uh, sales price there? We have everything from trailer parks up to, you know, lakefront homes. You know, you may have heard of Granite Bay, El Dorado Hills, Folsom, East Sacramento, Midtown, pricey areas, Land Park. And then we have Rancho Cordova. We have Elk Grove. I mean, there's in this area, there's basically a three-county area that we service, sometimes a little bit outside that. And you're looking at a population of about 2 million or more people. And so you've got, as far as average price, you know, your starter homes are probably right in the low 200s. There's a lot of those. And then, um, you know, four and 500 average for many of the communities here. Well, let's talk about how you've been generating leads for your business. One of the biggest lead sources for you is expired listings. It was about 30% of your business last year. Could you tell us how you're going out and working the expired market? These days, I call them. In the early days, we would door knock them. And I think if I were starting out today, I would say, go door knock expired. You make a really good impression at the door. And you know you've got them when they invite you in. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, they're, they're people that have raised their hand and said, I wanted to sell my house. Now, maybe they don't anymore, but here in our MLS, you're allowed to call canceled, withdrawn, and expired. Not temporarily off the market because those are theoretically still listed. But they go up and down, and I've sold a lot of it. I'm comfortable with them. I, I love getting in there and trying to figure out, well, why didn't it sell? What can we do differently for them? So I, nowadays, I just call them in the morning. I use a service that provides those numbers. It's called the Red X, and they're pretty darn good where you you get off track if you think they're going to give you 100% accurate numbers. It's a numbers game. I just connect with people. So you go in each morning, you look for the new expireds. Red X is a service that's pulling that up for you and has it ready to go. What time are you starting to call and how many calls do you make in a typical morning to expireds? It depends on how many are available. But yeah, I personally... I don't start before eight. I, I don't do that. I know a lot of agents do, and they're happily doing that, and that's great. And if there's a morning, like today, there, there weren't hardly any. There, you know, so I just call for them. Um, in years past, I would call them you know, once, twice, three times throughout the day, a couple more. It just depends how much you really want to go after them. But now I've got a lot of database people to be calling other types of calls to be making, too. 
let's stay with the expires just for a little bit longer because again it was 30 percent of your business last year and, and you've got a, a long track record of success with them when you make that phone call could you tell us what your script is on that initial contact oh sure it's it's pure Mike Ferry, and those scripts are available for free to anyone on the MikeFerry.com website. So it's basically, I noticed your home came off the market, you know, when do you plan on interviewing the right agent kind of approach. I love Mike scripts because they're not yes and no, they're open-ended questions, and people will tell you right away where they're coming from. You're not wasting anybody's time, and believe me, It doesn't hurt my feelings if they hang up on me. (laughs) (laughs) I get a kick out of it, actually. Oh, really? So you like the challenge. You you like to get out there and it's not going to hurt your feelings. Not at all. I mean, I'm providing a great service. And if they don't want what I have to sell, that's fine. I'll go on to the next one. It took me a little while to get comfortable with that. And... When Joe and I started working together, I had not gone after expired. He thought I had, (laughs) so I pretended that I had, (laughs) and that's how I got started calling expired. It's like, well, I can't can't let Joe down. He thinks I already called these. I'd better call him. That's how I did. (laughs) So you call him up. You start a conversation with him. What are you trying to do in that conversation? What's your goal? Well, I'm qualifying them to see, you know, how motivated are they? Do they still want to go? You know, why didn't it sell? Is it problem property? Is it something that they're willing to do what it takes to sell it? And are we going to be a good fit? This market that's been pretty hot for the last few years, are you still seeing expired listings in the market? Absolutely. And it's just like people that think that the internet is somehow going to replace agents. It's the same kind of thing. There's so many different elements. I mean, I can look and, you know, those, uh, my favorites are those pictures that are all blurry or sideways or the toilet bowls open or there's somebody in the mirror, you name it, or they were discounting the commission to the buyer's agent. They're very unclear with their instructions, all kinds of reasons why a home is going to expire. And sometimes the people just aren't motivated yet, that kind of thing. But you know what? There are so many to go around. I know we're, we're saying there's fewer in this market, but there's always somebody out there that somehow just didn't get the job done. And I love being the turnaround agent. I love that. And do you tell the expired that? Do you phrase it as I am the turnaround agent or I am the one that will come in and fix this situation? How do you approach them? Well, I, I think I'm going to borrow that script. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I just follow the script and then, you know, my goal is to set an appointment and then go through the listing process. And I may qualify them away later on, depending on what's going on. And I've learned over the years, personality styles come way into this whole idea. Listening for what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Can it be done? How practical are they? How motivated? Mike Ferry tells us, you don't have to work with people that are going to be a pain in the butt. You don't have to work with angry people. You don't have to work with people that aren't willing to answer your questions. And I don't, I'm not a big believer in hitting my head against the wall. I don't need it, right? So 
Uh, I'm looking for nice, motivated, practical people. So let's talk about percentages. And you said it's a numbers game. And so what is a conversion percentage? If you were to get 100 expireds into your system over the course of the next 12 months, how many of those would turn into listings? Well, in most cases, what I'm looking for is the more immediate expired. Now, sometimes there's whatever reason, it's a longer term thing. But if I can actually talk to, not come into my system, but talk to 100 people, man, I I could list at least 15. At least, maybe 20. So you're thinking about 15, 20% would convert into listings if you were able to have a conversation. Exactly. I mean, there's going to be valid reasons for them taking the home off the market. They're getting surgery. You know, their plans changed. They didn't get the transfer. You know, all of that. But for people that still want to sell and I get to talk to them, yeah, I would say it's a high conversion rate. That's pretty good. That's uh, almost, that's basically one in five, one in five people that you end up talking to. You'll end up setting an appointment and listing. That's pretty good use of your time. Well, that's right. And again, that's for people that are still selling and they're motivated, that kind of thing. And those are people I've talked to, had the real estate conversation. Now, when you're calling in, how often do you set an appointment on the very first call? (laughs) Probably 10% at most. It's really, we're in a lead follow-up business. Uh Aha. What do you think is the average number of follow-up calls or follow-up conversations you need to have before you set an appointment with an expired? Right. Okay. So with the expired, they don't know me. I don't know them. I mean, you could be three, four, five, six, seven conversations. And that's probably going to happen, what, over a, a week, two, three weeks? How What time frame is that happening over? It's all varied. But if I think that there's somebody there and they're going to do something in the next couple of weeks and they aren't somebody that's scheduling 25 interviews, right? <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, my goal is to meet with them within a week or two. And if they aren't doing that for whatever reason, then it's just a whole different, you know, I'm not going to be calling them every day. You mentioned that door knocking with expireds is really successful, but you moved away from that. You went to calls. Since there are fewer expireds out there, have you considered going back to door knocking? Well, Joe is doing more door knocking now. And I think that's great. It's just, it's a lot more time consuming. So the average agent's going to be better. They have all their communication with them as they're door knocking versus on the phone. It's just your voice. So I think the effectiveness ratio is better in person at the door, but it's so time consuming. If you're just door knocking expired and you're just going only to expired, you know, it could take you all afternoon to actually talk to five. Sure. So that's, a, that's a lot of hours. But I'm going to assume that your conversion's higher. It is. So per hour, it's probably, you know, it's just if I were starting out today and I had no one else to call or nothing else to do, I would be door knocking. Now, you've trained as a coach a lot of people 
into getting into expireds and I assume listing expireds. What are some of the common pitfalls that they run into and then how do you help them overcome that? You know, a lot of it is mindset. Everybody has opinions, whether you're 21 or 71. Oh, expireds are mean or fizzbills are mean, you know, and all this. And, and so they have a certain preconceived notion. Sometimes they're just really discouraged because the phone numbers from whatever service aren't as, you know, they're certainly not 100%. I mean, if you can get two out of 10 that's accurate, I think you're doing pretty good. But if you're expecting 10 out of 10, you're not going to be happy with that. So you've got to have the expectation that it's a numbers game. You also have to have the mindset that it's not about you. If you're making these calls, I don't care who you're calling, and you're uptight and you're worried about what they're going to think of you and you're worried about them hanging up on you, that's an ego problem. Because the truth is, nobody really cares about you. That's the secret. But if you have it on your mind, you're making these calls as a real estate agent or you're at the door and you're going, I wonder what I can do to help this person. How can I solve this person's issue? What can I do to be of service? Then it's not about you anymore and you kind of get over that fear. So that's what I do with the coaching clients is can I help them understand we're following the scripts. It's a numbers game. Work on mindset. The 21 points of the Mike Ferry system all come into play here. And it takes a lot longer than one, two, three, five, six months to learn. I mean, you could be looking at two years fully immersed just before you even begin to understand sales and the Mike Ferry system. So that's why I'm still in coaching, (laughs) because I need it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, we all need it. And even the best athletes in the world need a coach. You, You need that help, that assistance to move past what I think you identified the big word, and that is fear. There's a fear that comes up. And what I heard from you is that your solution is to make sure that you have the skills that you feel confident in what you're doing, and that's going to help you eliminate a lot of these fears. Well, that is true. So kind of it goes really as a coach and as an agent talking to other agents, it's really funny. There's a certain time as you're starting to prospect. Okay, let's say you go, I I want to be a top producer. I know I have to prospect. Okay, well, first, most people, some people don't, but most people have that fear, that fear of talking to strangers that whole, what's going to happen if they hang up on me? And you stick with it long enough, almost overnight, fear turns into boredom. I hear my coaching, I'm so bored. I'm d-, and I'm like, you're so bored. You're earning $500,000 this year and you're bored because you're on the phone for a couple hours. I feel so bad for you. Now look, there's other things that are a lot harder than calling for business and selling real estate. And you know what I mean? So we've got one of the best jobs in the world and it's unlimited income and it's unlimited self-improvement. It's incredible. Now, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealG TV. That's R E A L G dot TV. Now, back to the show. 
wrap up our, our talk about expireds, there was an agent listening and they were thinking they'd like to get into expireds. What would you recommend that they do? Well, I always am going to start that conversation with going and hiring a Mike Ferry coach. I mean, 100%. Um, I kid you not. It's You need to learn. You need to have the coach. You need to go to Mike Ferry events so you can practice and role play and learn the materials and see what it takes. Listen to other agents. Um, talk to agents. You know, all over the world now there's Mike Ferry agents. So I definitely would be telling them to start there and then just follow the script. and. What's amazing is an agent starting out, when they first book their first expired appointment, they all say the same thing. I can't believe it worked. <laughs> they're, just, they're reading, right? But they, you know, in, in the scripts are made to work. You have to practice and role play them so you can make them your own so that you can listen to what the seller has to say. But, you know, it's amazing how many times you make a call, you do this long enough, you'll make these calls and the person on the other end of the line goes, how did you know? I mean, thank you for calling. I'm in a real pickle. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm going to lose my job transfer if I don't get moved. Now, you're going to hear things like that. And it's not all pain and suffering. You do this long enough, you get to be in a position of helping somebody with one of the most major things in their lives so that they can get on with their life. It's an awesome responsibility, and it's wonderfully rewarding. Well, let's talk about another source of business for you. It's a little unique in our current market. You mentioned NODs. It's about 10% of your business. What do you mean when you say NOD? So that, I would have to say, is my husband Joe's forte. So it's a notice of default. Here in California, it's public record. When somebody is behind on their mortgage by three months, there's going to be a, a public notice that, that they're behind because it's, it's on the way to foreclosure. And three months after that, a trustee sale date can be posted. And 21 days after that normally is the trustee sale. So these are people that are behind on their mortgage uh, for whatever reason. And uh, it's a real specialty. In Man, there's, there's NODs now that have equity, and there's some that don't. You know, they're short sales, and there's some that are equity sales. Some are probate. You know, they're behind on their mortgage because they died, right? So, you, you know, there's, there's all kinds of reasons why people go late on their mortgage, and sometimes we can help them. In, in this fast-moving market where the unemployment rate is only 4%. Are you still seeing NODs pop up? There's always been NODs. There's always been foreclosures. We're seeing a phenomenon right now where some of the banks that had seconds kind of disappeared and went away, but they still had the second. And now that the prices have gone up, they're coming back wanting to collect. That's a real rude awakening for people that they thought they were out of the woods 10 years ago. Maybe they had bankruptcy and now they're back on their feet and boom, guess what? They're in foreclosure again. So we're seeing that. We're seeing big city centers all over the United States having more and more of these. So don't be fooled. They are out there and they're coming back. If somebody listening wanted to look into this a little bit more, how would they get started? How would they get a list of the notices of default or every state is different. It may have a different term in their state, but this idea of the mortgage going under how would they get into that side of the business? So 
sometimes you just fall into it just from people that you talk to actually happen to have that. Maybe somebody in your database is in trouble. Maybe you call an expired and that turns out to be one of those. I will say I subscribe to the Red X service and they provide those, the NODs. So somebody could start that way. You know, it's not all that scary. When we first started it, I remember going to the door and it was an NOD. It was our very first one. And the guy yelled at us and said, get off my porch. And we're like, okay, we didn't try that for another five years, you know? <laughs> it's like, hey, just because one guy wasn't happy doesn't mean, well, put it this way. I think Joe on his own last year saved, I want to say over $200,000 worth of equity for people that would have lost their home. You know, people go, oh, well, they still get the equity even if it gets foreclosed on. Don't be fooled by that either because there's going to be a lot of fees that are put on top of that. It's not in the bank. You know, they're not interested in making the seller as much of their equity when they foreclose, believe me. So if you can get in there and you've got a family suffering and for whatever reason, you think, well, why didn't they sell their home? Why, why did they wait until Joe called? Because a lot of times they're in trouble. They have other things going on in their life. They weren't thinking about it. They weren't paying attention. They don't know what to do. They're embarrassed, whatever it is. And suddenly Joe calls them and they're like, oh my God, I have $70,000 coming to me. And if Joe hadn't called, they wouldn't have gotten it. So I think that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, as you mentioned, it just was like quicksand. It just started pulling them under slowly. They kept thinking they could get out of it. And before they knew it, they were up to their neck and they need some help. And somebody's come along to do that. And as you mentioned, there might even be a, a situation where they can save the day and get some equity to start the next chapter. That's pretty cool. And I assume you learned a lot of those skills in the Great Recession. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, that was, and I think I even got a certification for, I forget what it's called, but I'm people in trouble with their mortgage certification or something like that. But, you know, the modifications, um, so much of that we know now, and this is what Joe and I saw back in the day, was, you know, those were just kicking the can down the road. The bank, in many cases, had no, I mean, I know they're regulated. I know they had to do a certain number of mods. But if somebody can come to me and say, hey, I know Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, and they actually got a modification, even though they had equity, good luck. I have not seen that yet. So, you know, they have certain choices that aren't that. Well, Anne, I want to move beyond the NODs. It's a curiosity. And if you're out there listening and you're curious about it, the Red X sounds like a good place to start with a list. What I'd like to talk about now is 50% of your production comes from past clients' sphere of influence, repeating referral business. And I'd like to dig into that. How big is your database of past clients and sphere of influence? I think it's right around 800. It's a constant project. We're constantly cleaning it up, figuring out better ways to work it. It it gets unwieldy very fast. And if you have staff, we don't anymore, but if you have staff that, you know, they mislabel it in your CRM, it, it just becomes this big monster that you don't even want to touch. So lean and mean, and you know, Mike Ferry says he really wants us to get it up to 2,500. That's a lot of people to know. That is a lot of people to, to know and to pay attention to. 
But, you know, theoretically, if you've been around a long time, in 29 years, I'm embarrassed to say that my sphere and past clients is only 800. And it's only because I failed to do it the Mike Ferry way for so many years. I just neglected it. And, you know, various coaches kept beating on us, do it, you know, call them. And we're, no, I don't want to call them. You know, I was too busy feasting on expireds. Well, guess what? The market crashes. Well, now what are you going to do? So we finally listened. And um, thank God, I think the main thing is offering great service so that they will refer you. And then Obviously, the, uh, you know, the referrals that I get from my fellow realtors, I'm very proud of. That I love. I love getting referrals from real estate agents all over the, the country. How are you getting referrals from other agents around the country? I think besides luck, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's good looks. I think it's going to events, networking with those other agents. We've had such a great opportunity, especially within the Mike Ferry training and, you know, meeting other agents and go to events. When we first started out, I think we went to three training events in the first four months. I mean, that's a lot, but made it a point as soon as I got involved with Mike Ferry, when I go to events, um, and this would work for anybody that's going to training. Go somewhere outside of your area. Go to the, if I'm in the West Coast, go to the East Coast. You're going to be the only one from California there, right? So that's great for networking. Mike's had me on stage a couple times. That's been really good for people to, there's some name recognition there. So I've been very fortunate there. And it's just seeing the same people year after year after year. And uh, obviously, there's certain people that we do deals back and forth, and it's been great. Very good. So you're making personal connections with people outside of your market, and then you're sending referrals back and forth just as a course of business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's go back to your database for your uh, your local area there. You said you have about 800 people in there. How many of those 800 are past clients versus how many are sphere of influence? Man, it's it's heavily past client, real heavily. In fact, I I'm probably behind on the just the sphere part. Joe's probably better at that than I am. So I want to say it's probably seventy percent past client. So about five hundred and fifty, six hundred past clients. Yeah, I would say that that's the weight of it. So we're constantly trying to improve our process there. And we want to stick to the, I, I know it's old-fashioned, but they, they should be getting something in the mail, you know, the mail, mail, from us four times a year, be it a postcard or a letter. And my coaching clients fight us on this all the time. They go, well, what about email? Well, I don't know about you, but how many emails do you get a day? A lot. I mean, you come back from lunch, you got 30 more. And so, um, so that may not be as effective. Maybe it's more modern to be old-fashioned now. I don't know. But four times a year mailing and four times a year calling. Okay. And where do you keep a record of all these people? You said a CRM. What database are you using? You know, for, for, for want of just this is what we've been doing, and I don't want to take the time to change, a top producer is what we've used. 
so that just tracks them. But again, through the years, different people have mislabeled or, you know what I mean? It just, it becomes really crazy. So what we do is we just print out the whole thing on paper. He takes half of the alphabet, I take half of the alphabet, and then we each call so that the people actually hear from me twice a year and from Joe twice a year. So it does help break it up. Okay, so you switch lists. So everybody in the list is hearing from both of you a total of four times a year, but they're going to hear your voice twice a year, and they're going to hear Joe's voice twice a year. Right, exactly. So it's pretty easy to figure out if you've got, you know, your database is 800. Okay, you divide that by 60 because that's how many working days in a quarter. Okay. See, so that's 13 people a day divided by two people. So that's not very hard to do. That's the ideal thing to keep that going. Obviously, you're going to have some days where you have some, you know what I mean? It's, we're human. So it's just, but that's the goal. Um, another way to look at it to make it easy is you just call two letters of the alphabet every week and you'll get through it in a quarter. Now, in those calls, what are you saying? You're, you're calling four times a year. What do you say each time? So you would start out, you know, it's basically it's a service call, right? It's a, it's a business call. And you're wanting to know if there's anything that they need. You know, do they know anybody that needs something regarding real estate or who do they know? When do they plan on moving? That kind of thing. They've been trained, so they, they, they know what we're calling about. So we try and bring some type of value to the call, like an update on where the market is, interest rates, that kind of thing. But we have just instituted a new thing that I'm kind of proud of. We have our own office space. Joe and I own the building that we work out of, okay? So we thought, well, what can we do? Well, we can have seminars. So our goal this year, because we're just kind of starting out, is one seminar a quarter, and they're pretty easy. We send out, you know, that is what we're sending out in the mail is an invitation to the seminar of the quarter. So this last one was on the new tax laws. We had a guest speaker. So all we did was provide the refreshments in the building and the chairs. And she came in and and did an hour presentation on what the tax laws were. We had one from a trust attorney. You know, these are all things that could be of interest to our clientele. And it provides a service. That's great. So you're basically putting on four events per year. and You're educating your, your folks. You're inviting them to come to a seminar there at your office through the mail. And then you're also, I assume, inviting them to come to the seminar by phone. Is that true? That's correct. And so, you know, we can reach out to some of the neighbors in town here, too, but mostly it's our sphere and past clients that we're inviting. And we've gotten a really good, you know, it's building. It's, it's building onto it because it's really valuable. Getting somebody to come out on a winter evening at 6 p.m. in the middle of the week isn't always easy. <laughs> But they know that we have this and they can always call us if they couldn't make it and we can refer them to the guest speaker and help them out that way. So for the event, how many people did you invite and how many people showed up? We invited, gosh, I want to say like 500 or something. Actually, you know, the whole Spear and Past Client database if they're in town. 
right? We didn't send them to the people that have relocated out of state. But we've had, I mean, we're in a small office, but if we can get 10 to 20, that's a good night. That is a good return. And it's more than just the 10 to 20 people that show up. It's all people that you touch, they're contacted to let them know that they were invited and they feel good and they know that you have information and that you have value that they can tap into when they need it. Right, exactly. And it's always an hour long. It's not like we're bribing them with dinner and then making them sit there for four hours while we beat them over the head with some type of sales pitch. (laughs) It's just, it's really a very informative, very helpful. I mean, put it this way, the trust planning attorney, there were people there that they didn't realize that if they didn't have a trust and they had not made plans, the single mom, if she passed away, you know, her daughter would be going through all kinds of problems with the real estate. People don't think about that stuff, but Joe and I have worked a lot of probates and we see what happens to families when plans weren't made. Give us a couple of other ideas of what you will be doing in each event. You said one was the tax attorney or the tax planning and this estate planning. What other events have you planned? What other topics? I think that, uh, well, there's so many, you know, under just under the trust planning kind of thing. I can really see a big market for people that their parents or they themselves are getting older and they don't know what all is involved with downsizing or moving into assisted living. There's a big need for that. Reverse mortgages, you know, I mean, what's the guy's name? Eubanks on TV or whatever. It's like, how about some just clear information and what kind of repercussions happen? What happens to the the nest egg? What happens with the planning? Are there some people we can put you together with that would really help you? I can say we have a nice list of vendors that I tell my clients, I tell the people on, the, on our sphere, I don't care what it is. If it has anything to do with real estate, if you need a painter, if you need a real estate attorney, if you need a landscaper, call me. Just use me as a real estate resource. I love to receive phone calls like that. So it's letting them know that we are the resource that they can turn to for anything and we will bring in experts in each particular field. So yeah, lending, assisted living, anything having to do with taxes or laws. I'm not going to give a seminar on a law, let me tell you that much. (laughs) I know better, but I certainly will have an expert come in and they don't charge me. They love the exposure. So for the cost of some refreshments and a couple hours of my time, I think the, the payoff of having happy clients getting their needs met is really worth it. I'd like to switch gears, Anne. I'd like to talk about your team. Could you describe the makeup of your team so that everybody gets a clear picture of who's on your team? The word team is interesting because people have tons and tons of people on their team, but ours is basically Joe and I are the real estate agents. We're the sales people. My daughter is our office manager, you know, lead, lead administrator. And the, the idea is, is Joe and I go get the business and then we hand it off and she does the file, the timeline, making sure everybody's in compliance with timing, that kind of thing, communication. And then my other adult child is in 
the front office, like receptionist, data entry, ordering signs, you know, anything, anything like that. And then we have a runner. She's the only non-family member here, poor thing. And she's actually lasted with us over a year. And she's, she's a runner. She's a courier. You know, she'll drop things off at homes and make sure things are check on vacant houses, that kind of thing. So that's it. Yeah, that's a very clean operation. And I'm sure some people are listening. They have a, a question on the back of their mind after they've heard a little bit about your business. And that is, are you profitable? Yes. I wouldn't be doing it if I weren't profitable. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I love giving great service and, and all that, but it is, it has to be profitable. So I want to say, now Mike, Mike tells us he wants to see, you know, we're 100% commission type Remax, right? People like that where the, you know, the broker isn't supplying us advertising. They're not paying for anything. We own the building. We're paying for all that. So we're probably 35% expenses. And I'd like to get that less. Now, I'll tell you, we've done the, well, I haven't. My husband's an analytic, so he's done the analysis. And up above, you know, when we sell more than 70, our profit margin goes way up for the year. So we're always wanting to get up above that number because that's where the profits are. Very good. Well, that's still not too shabby. So 35% expense, that basically means you have a profit of 65%. And then as you mentioned, it goes up as you do more volume because a lot of it's fixed costs. So that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty healthy. And what drives you? What drives me? Well, I wish I could say it was to help my human beings and, and uh, make, a, you know, make an impact in the world. And I, I think that's part of it. I, I have something to prove, which is probably the baser way of looking at it. I don't think my family really expected much of me when I was growing up. I was the youngest and, and I was coddled a little bit. And um, so that my coach, he's always telling me, gosh, I hope your family does something stupid again, because it really makes your production go through the roof. (laughs) They don't really know what I do. They don't, you know, I'm talking about my family of origin. They don't really expect much. And so I do have kind of a burr under my saddle about having something to prove. But then you get there and you go, it doesn't really matter anymore. I'm actually doing it because I want to be the very best I can be. I want to show my kids how great life is. I mean, Joe and I travel all over the world. We enjoy what we do. We put in a pool, the pool. He wanted a volcano slide in his pool. Yes, we have a volcano slide that has smoke, a swim-up bar. I mean, we have a, a backyard wonderland that we really enjoy and we love entertaining. So I love having the security of having the money. Uh, building our future, having investment properties, just living life to the fullest really turns me on. It's still a little edge of wanting to prove something, but eh, it's mostly just about having the biggest life I can have. Well, Anne, if you were advising a brand new agent just getting into business, what would you tell them to do first? I would tell them to run not walk to the very next Mike Ferry event. There's no getting around. You have to do the work. You know, there's a lot of people out there selling 
dreams, like they're, oh, it'll come to you, you don't have to do this, you know, you don't have to prospect. There's nothing wrong with prospecting. I don't know of a single profitable top producer that didn't get that way through prospecting. So, and Mike also is a big proponent of your database. He's not just about grinding and throwing them away and going through expired. It's the whole thing. So if you're serious about making money, I would definitely get into Mike Ferry events and then coaching. If you just want to dabble and you don't need the money and you just want to do a couple deals a year, then I'd say, fine, just go to any broker, any trainer and have fun. Well, Anne, do you think that top agent interviews like this one we're doing right now with Mastermind Agent are valuable? I hope so. I think that the message needs to go out there that you're giving, you know, that there's a lot of really smart people out there that we can learn from. And this seems to be a very genuine forum. And we can all help each other. I tell you what, working in this business, I love it when I have an educated, trained agent on the other side of the transaction. And that's not competitive. That's just, I love it when it's a great agent bringing me an offer on a listing because I know that's going to serve the client. But if I have to drag them over the finish line and educate them and do the work of both agents, I'll do it. But boy, I wish people would get the necessary training and not go for the magic pills. It doesn't exist. Get somebody, you know, get mentored by a great trained agent, but make sure what they're doing is profitable, that they aren't buying the business by discounting their commission or, you know, overpricing their listings. Make sure that that person you're listening to is about profits. It's not only about the money, but you're not going to be in business if you are not profitable. And then where are you going to be? Well, Anne, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners? I would just say pay attention. Pay attention to those opportunities. Get outside of your comfort zone. Make sure you read a lot. Check out Mike Ferry. At least check him out. And also make it a point to study the personality styles. I wish I had known that when I first started out too. So that's something to look into. And Mike talks a lot about that too at his events. And it's, gosh, so great. It'll save you a lot of time and trouble if you study that. Well, Anne, you're right. The DISC, D-I-S-C, personality profiles have been beneficial to you and other agents. Your drive to prove something to yourself, your family, and your community has resulted in a fantastic real estate career. You embraced prospecting, mastered it for your own business, and now are giving back by coaching and training other agents. Your family practice has a high profit margin and high feeling of accomplishment. Your refocus on referrals from your database is paying big dividends. Thank you for sharing and being our top agent of the month. And join us next call when we talk to another husband and wife team who sold 380 homes last year worth $93 million. Find out who they are on the next Success Call.
If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at freeleadtime.com. That's freeleadtime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.